I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And this is Sierra. And we are here with second season. Second season, y'all. How are you today? I'm doing good. If I uh, start like choking mid-sentence. <laughs> Before we started recording, I have something in my throat. I don't know what's going on with me today. But Hopefully besides that, I'm good. Hopefully you don't start choking on us. Hopefully not. I'm not trying to do like CPR or anything. I don't need to use my first aid skills. <laughs> but how are you today, sister? I'm doing well. Tired. Again. Yeah. I'm always tired. Work is killing me. Overnight is not for me. Not for me. You need to get a good nap in before you go back tonight. Well, the thing is, I went to sleep early last night. Woke up at like 4.30 in the morning. Was up to like 8. You did text me. Yeah. And I was like, why is she up at 4.30 right now? Yeah. But we do have a guest in the studio with us. If you want to introduce yourself. My name is Madi Green. Nice to meet you. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. And we have a very in-depth uh, episode today um, talking about breast cancer. Yes. Breast cancer awareness. Yes. Um, do you want to just give us a little bit background of why you're even on this episode today talking about that topic? Um, well, I'm on the episode because of my own breast cancer journey. Um, in 2017, I was diagnosed with the earliest form of breast cancer, which is stage zero. Most people don't even know there's a stage zero. I certainly did not. Um, And I really did not have any symptoms other than sort of this just nagging feeling. Like, all of a sudden, I was aware of my right breast. And it went on for a couple weeks. And I was performing. I um, am a singer. I did musical theater. 
and I was walking off stage and I was like, all right, I, you gotta just do something about this thought that's just rattling, rattling around. And so I called my GYN and they said, they gave me an order for a mammogram and um, it had to go have an ultrasound attached with it because I had this awareness it, it, and, and she asked me, she said, are you in pain? And I said, I don't know if I'm in pain or if I've just been touching it too much. Right. So I went for the ultrasound and uh, went for the mammogram, my first and only mammogram at right. 43. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of held me, you know, like, you know, just was prolonged. Like the, the appointment was taking a long time. And then one of the doctors came out and she said, when we look at a breast through at the mammogram, at the picture of the ultrasound, it looks like stars in the sky, like constellations. And it should be mostly clear. Each lobe of your breast that produces, makes milk for a baby should be clear. And mine little tiny stars were starting to like group together. So they said, whenever we start to see that, we are very concerned as to what are they trying to do. We don't know the timeline, but we know that we have to do a biopsy. So for me, um, the follow-up care, the biopsy, uh, which probably in the next, was over the next two weeks, I think I waited about a week and a half for that next appointment and had a biopsy and it was pretty immediate. The surgeon came into the room and said, your right breast needs to be removed. And I had nobody with me because I was completely like, yeah, I just, um, I'm just here. (laughs) And they said, there's a small spot on my, on my left breast that they would like to redo another mammogram, do another biopsy and all that. So the question was still out on the left breast, but the right breast definitely needed to come off. And it took about maybe two months. I got a second opinion and, and then I chose to have a double mastectomy. I chose a double mastectomy because at that time I had a three-year-old and what they wanted me to do was have my right breast removed and then after that mastectomy, wait another six months, have another mammogram on my left and see what was happening. And I could have been right back into it. And I said, no, (laughs) no, I'm, I'm, I'm ending this pattern right now. Um, Because that could have happened six months or that could have happened six years later. But I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this um, and continuing to go. My, immediate that that two months time of finding out what the the diagnosis was which was ductal carcinoma in situ that means that the those those cells that are starting to get together they're in each duct of the breast for me it was on my right breast it was throughout each duct and so that's why my whole breast had to come off some people have it in one duct so they can have a lumpectomy and just take that one small section out. And um, in that time, of course, you get on the internet. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> I bet. Read all the yes. things that you <laughs> shouldn't read. Google deep diving. Yes. <laughs> and 
in that, I realized that number one, for me to have caught it at stage zero was a blessing. I was gonna say, that's pretty rare, I bet. Right. And then I did not realize what the racial disparities were that were happening in our country, that there are just women who don't have any type of access, maybe get the mammogram, but then don't have the follow-up care. care. Can't get to that biopsy that I was able to have scheduled in a week and a half. Transportation issues. Financial issues. Can't miss a job. Can't miss time off. Don't have time off or anything. So for me, the channel was swift, and I had no idea how that swiftness was in actuality a blessing. What By the time of my second opinion, um, I had asked uh, the surgeon, I said, how long do I have to wait? And so he said, we don't know if, we won't know until we do the mastectomy, until we take out some of your lymph nodes to know if it's in your lymphatic system. So he said, I I don't think that you should wait because in waiting, there is a a chance that it enters your lymphatic system. So in the the research that I was doing online and reading about this, a lot of black women, and I'm an African-American woman, maybe have an abnormal mammogram. And then, like we just said, are unable to go and do a follow-up biopsy. The very scary thing is, is that that might be the window of opportunity where it hasn't entered your lymph nodes. And so what is happening, unfortunately, in our country, there is a very high disparity. Black women are dying at 40% higher rate. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because our first conversation we had, you did mention that. And I think even in high school, I knew that like white women are uh, more likely to get breast cancer, but black women are more likely to die from it. Right. And I mean, I used to make like a really messed up joke to people because we are mixed race, white and black. I was like, I might get breast cancer and I'm definitely going to die from it then too. But I'm like, okay, at least that's really (laughs) messed up to say. But I mean, just based off the statistics, that is, you know, crazy to me, honestly. But it's, we did an episode as well on um, healthcare and how doctors, you know, treat different races differently if they might have the same... um, diagnosis but the level of care is completely different right based off of just your skin color you know what yeah. i mean and certain certain sicknesses even present differently in right in different races and and so. and women are having those very very real experiences yeah. right now as we speak yeah. somebody's in limbo waiting for a test to come back that was just my girlfriend when she was in the hospital yeah. she was diag- misdiagnosed first of all yeah and then when she was in there she was in there for about 10 days they weren't checking on. There was about one nurse at the hospital that was making sure that she was good. Like really? half the time, she was pressing the button. Forty-five minutes later, they'd come. It was it was a horrible situation. Like mm. I mean, they had to change floors for her and everything because yeah. no one was taking care of her. Right. So for me, um, when I was uh, graduating, I was a senior in high school in 1992. There was um, in 1991 a bill that was signed for um, a public education program. Okay. 
of for early detection, early cervical can, early cervical cancer detection, and there was a great push for telling people get a yearly Pap smear, you know, check your breasts, do self exams, and those sorts of things. It was not until I was 43 that I realized I had 20 plus years of being spoken to a certain way as to how I care about myself and and seeking healthcare providers out that would aid that with me. Yeah. And it, and with this serious situation, I just acted on a a thought, really. Right. It, there was wasn't my breast didn't have some some women have a discharge some women have dimpling in their breasts yes. like my breasts were you know wonderful they were <laughs> they, they were they didn't, you couldn't tell nothing yeah. except for this like why is this bothering me um feeling and that program is not getting to certain places and not getting to certain women and not and and certain women are are not hearing that that message so may dismiss a thought may just say like you know it'll go away I'll get better I'm going to work that you know I have children I have a job I work nights like all of those things that you just we pushed to the side. And I pushed it to the side for several weeks right. before I acted on it. But at least you acted on it. Right. For sure. yeah. um, and that, I, like, intuition. Right. Yeah. And I by no means am saying that the it lies with the woman or just me. It does lie in healthcare providers saying that saying and and caring and, and saying it in a um, a very caring way. Mm-hmm. But I also Anybody who works in the healthcare field, mm-hmm. it's almost like they're they're looking at animals. Like you know, it's like the vet yeah. in a way. Right. Yeah. You know, like they they see it, they see things all the time, and their their reaction is is very clinical. And so, at a time where you're you are getting very bad news, Most and you time. need uh, someone to to calm you down they may not always be the folks that are able to do it because they are matter-of-factly going from patient to patient and doing their job. And so it has to be other things. It has to, be, it has to come from other places. Um, during the pandemic, I became a grassroots, grassroots ambassador for Susan G. Komen. I got a chance to tell my story to a couple senators, my senator in New Jersey, New Jersey, um, and Menendez and Cory Booker and and speak just like this and te- and just briefly say this is of great importance but really the fight started like way back because there was a time when mammograms weren't weren't even um covered under insurance there wasn't you know so it, we're still in the midst of this sort of um discussion and if there's more people who are just willing to discuss it outright and yeah it's personal there were times when I got the diagnosis that I was like these decisions are too personal for me to make like they're just too personal like like what can somebody else make it and nobody else could make it nobody understood like what my creature comforts were that were going to answer questions of how do I see myself 
after this and hell or high water how how am I, what mode am i going to put myself in and people who are subject to disparities usually are living in a place where there is a lot on them there the places in the country where they see the highest disparities are dangerous places to live um, or they are in a rural community right. and too far from from access um, there may it they may be the only family caregiver um, it, it, there's just a lot of economic emotional aspects to it behavioral aspects and by behavioral behavioral I mean um, just cultural aspects of of again saying as a woman saying like I'll be fine I'm I'm, right. I'm pressing on right. I'll be fine <laughs> yeah, I got other stuff to do I got right. stuff to yeah. do yeah. yeah and and that those things need to discuss on what be discussed because they're weights and you can't just dismiss them do you have any advice? I know, like, they do tell you, like, you were speaking on, do, like, self-examinations and stuff like that. And from just your story, listening to your body and knowing that, you know, hey, something doesn't feel right here. And checking in, what is your, like, advice for women who... Well, I definitely think that everybody should be doing a self-exam. Okay. Um, it, some women, a lot of African-American women, have very dense breasts. So... For me, when I got a mammogram, I was told that by the tech, by the technician, that you have very dense breasts, so that I'm going to take extra images of your breasts. Um, But again, I think it's also just heeding what your body is telling you and really saying, like, something's off. And then, unfortunately, like, you know, encountering somebody who, like your girlfriend who somebody's not listening to that, it's it's really being an advocate for yourself and saying, no, I don't feel right. And then finding that person, being persistent in finding somebody who listens to you and, say, and, and doesn't dismiss it. Right. When I went, um, so I had a, um, a quick exam for that mammogram and ultrasound referral slip. Right. Uh, they just said, stop by. My G- It was through my GYN. And she said, I really don't feel anything. And there wasn't really anything to feel because the entire breast was really, um, it was sort of tender, but it was there was nothing that was like, there wasn't a, a nodule in it or anything. Feel. And, and feel. Right. It really was just like this, like heat, like heat almost like almost like there was just something telling me it's here. Um, so my, my best advice is just make sure you heed that and you keep chasing that until somebody is able to, to give you an, an answer on go the limit to like check everything. Like they did gave you all those referrals and stuff like that. Instead of just saying, Hey, we're going to wait. XYZ amount yeah. of time until yeah. we actually check in on that. Right. So, I mean, that's that's crazy. And also, I saw something here that says women 
who get regularly screened for breast cancer have a 47% lower risk of dying from the disease compared to those who don't. And um, I mean, that's that's a big that's a big number. It's a huge number. Yeah, just it's a huge routine. number. And I mean, did they? Cha- I know they recently changed the amount of time you have to wait to get a Pap smear. I think it's like once every three years unless it's like abnormal is that the same for a mammogram well i think it goes along with age i don't know what the continued um what they suggest i don't know if they if they suggest for everyone they i think that also for dense breasts they do say or if you have a history of breast cancer in your family they do say have a yearly exam um but I know originally that they were saying you don't you can wait until you are 40 and now like especially with black women they're seeing aggressive forms of breast cancer at before 40 oh, really? and so it may change again it may change you know that we are into something else yeah it's it's um it's crazy but what women are what what african-american women are dying of are advanced stages of aggressive breast cancer and if you have to it's a it's really tough it's it those are 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 really tough decisions my i could have chose to not have a a double mastectomy i just want to say wait i'm not sorry to cut you off but like when we spoke on the phone for the first time and you said that, I was just like, this is one strong woman. So right, right. I just want to say that to you. Thank you. I think that any woman, I really do feel like this. I think that any, like when you are given a decision like that, yeah. I had a baby, I have a husband, I have a family. It was like. What are these boobs doing? <laughs> like, like an obvious they are trying to kill you. me. Yeah. Like that. Like something. It needs to go, and it's not me. Like to me, I kept boiling it down. I kept and I kept on trying to get to an essence of what each decision was, and what and and how. What was I going to tell my daughter when she was at the age where I could really truly talk to her about this? Was I defining myself by my breasts, period? It was my vanity going to stand in the way of me seeking a healthy path? Right. And it just, the answer is no. Like, you keep on answering like, no, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm okay. I had no idea, honestly, that I would feel like a lioness on the other <laughs> side of it. Right. I really was like, I was like, I'm going to answer these questions for myself. Mm-hmm. But what if I'm not okay with these questions? Like, what if I really truly don't know myself? What if, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it, like you just are in such, on one hand, you answer a question and then you have a moment of doubt through it. Like, is this the right is answer? Is this the right answer? And it's, whether it's you're asking the universe, whether you're somewhat of a stoic like me where I believe wholeheartedly in, in fate, and like you deal with things as they come and you learn the lesson as they come and then there's always another scenario situation for another lesson to be learned right after it um whether you believe in god and you are you you seek the answers that way it's really truly like placing 
the battle, the stuff, the worry over to that entity or that, that thought. Giving it up. Giving, giving it up so that you can answer those questions and then be like, all right, it's out of my hands. And for me, you know, I woke up out of, out of my surgery and that was the first thing that they said. It was not in your lymph nodes. And, and so for me, the blessing was that my path was done. It was, it ended, it it ended that day. And so now all I have to do is get used to a new body. And to me, I was like, I'm fine with that. Because there's women who are finding out and it's aggressive and how they have to treat it is aggressive. And I, and all of those things are scary to people. I don't, I'm not dismissing that. And it was extremely scary to me. I felt like for two months, like a, literally like an elephant was sitting on my chest and literally like I need a Xanax. <laughs> I can even imagine. Give me a shot I, or something. I need something yes. to help me be able to take a full breath. And I really do think that it comes in just being honest with yourself of um, what do you see for yourself? And then, and then that might not come to fruition because for me, it could have been like, no, we need to do radiation. I had no idea. I was going to ask you, what were your doctor's thoughts on, like when you came to them and you're like, just do it. Were were they against that or supportive or were they talking about alternative measures? So the surgeon that I saw, um, in New York, when I finally decided, because I, I was very much on the fence as to because of the left breast, but the left breast, I kept on thinking to myself, I, I can't see this going out any longer. You know, to me, I, I was like thinking of them as a unit. You know, one's going, both one's going. Go, yeah, <laughs> I just couldn't kind of get yeah. past that. And they were, um, they were very, very good because they just didn't, they didn't offer what their opinion was on that. For me, they didn't, they didn't, my, my surgeon did say something that was, I was like, why is he saying that to me? But, um, so he called it the Angelina Jolie effect. I was going to ask you that because you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I didn't, I don't, didn't, I didn't fall into that category. Angelina Jolie, uh, has the, the BRCA gene. That means she was predisposed for breast cancer, some type of breast cancer. Her mother, I believe, died from it. Um, it, There was, there's a a definitive history in her family. And what she chose to do was have her breast removed so that she was not, I'm not dealing with it. So. I didn't either until I spoke with you. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he put me in that same category because apparently other women were like, nope take them both. Um, you know, I had no idea. You don't really see that online. You don't have hear people having that part of the discussion always more. There's a few more people who are, who are discussing that openly. Um, but 
when he called it that, I went and, of course, researched it. And I was like, well, but I have something going on. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is different. She was being preemptive, which... Uh... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Power to her and, and that de- that very difficult decision. However, I have something going on and I can't, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place of, I don't have a wait and see period. It, it's, it's, there was a, the, a date that was being set of the surgeries this date. So get ready. Like, like I had work to do on what needed to be done mentally to get to that day. I mean that's that is crazy. <laughs> but no, I think though that's that's very interesting because I mean um, we could talk about Kia. She had her fallopian tube wrapped around her appendix. Oh, yes, something that you don't ever oh. hear. Oh, yes. yeah. And she told them like, hey, like just take She's told my them for years. uterus out. Mm. I want a hysterectomy. Already has two children. Her doctors are like, no, you might want to have more kids. So it's like interesting to hear the. Um, comparison between you know gynecological care and then yeah. breast cancer and breast cancer awareness and how doctors you know behave differently with that because it's like i mean society tells you like you're a woman you need your boobs that's you right know? and it's like but also they're they're you. more comfortable with keeping a uterus inside and yeah. doing all that that may possibly turn into something right different like Worse, her mom yeah. has um has like a HPV marker right now. Okay. Um, and she's about to be 50 and she's like fighting to get her uterus taken out too. Yeah. And it's just like, why can't everybody just listen? Like, we're moving, we're moving yeah. your boobs. Like just take right. the uterus out. You know what yeah. I mean? But I mean, it goes hand in but hand. But I think it too. is finding the right doctor. Exactly. True. I think it's finding a person who, who understands the statistics of yes. all of those things and legitimately, you know, a woman saying to them outright, I, I'm, I'm making this decision. I'm right. making this with level-headed. Right. Um, it's not something on a whim. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I would like to proceed. And I was very fortunate in that respect. I had a, she's phenomenal. My, my gynecologist is, is awesome. Right. And then I encountered one surgeon who was the surgeon who initially told me I needed the mastectomy mm-hmm. and she was brilliant. But I chose to go to an, another hospital that 
in the event that I needed care after the mastectomy, I wanted to know that my file was being looked at by a team of doctors at a table. Right. And, and I had that option. And everybody should have that option. I also, um, because I was a performer, I had finished a show. Like So, so the day I, I called about scheduling the mammogram, I literally was walking off stage. I was walking off stage and I was like, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm going to make the call today. Right. So that was in late August. And then I was supposed to do a holiday Christmas show beginning like right before Thanksgiving. Um, my surgery ended up being October 27th of 2017. So I had to opt out of that show. Mm-hmm. But... I had time. I had time. I had money. Right. I had insurance. To only dwell on these things. And it brings tears to my eyes if I had had to, like, get up, not only make those lofty decisions, but then have to get up and go to work and, and deal with work and not have the time to deal with with making, you know, clear-headed decisions. And I think that uh, women are owed that. You you know, we're owed, we're we're owed that as just living in this country where we are it, those are just rights that we um, should have of if we have a diagnosis of any kind of being able to process it. And process and and yeah, for me, like the the deadline, it had to be processed fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. But people should have that. And so, like, uh, there's now there's there's many more resources coming forward and doing a lot of great things to bridge this gap. And Susan G. Komen's one of them, but there are are plenty of other resources, but they are trying to get access to access for people you know money for transportation follow-up care and if someone like your family someone in your family chose like I'm not hearing the right thing I need to go see someone else I need to to seek someone else out um that that should be a real a real priority Yeah, I mean, my I was in a car accident about a year ago. Um, I seek second opinions because my doctor, he did my surgery on my wrist like literally right away. Yeah. And then wanted to take the plate and screws out within like four or five months after. Oh. He was like, "We're gonna do it right away." I was like, "I don't feel comfortable with you just going back in there, cutting me back open and right. drilling it back out." So right. I went to another doctor. He sent me back to like physical therapy for a good another six months. And then he was like, "All right, we just have to take it out." I was more comfortable with him actually trying another plan than just cutting my body right open. Yeah. So I respected him for that. He's yeah. still my doctor to this day. So shout out him. Shout out But no, another statistic here um, it says in the US, there are more than 3.5 million breast cancer survivors, the largest group of all cancer survivors. However, every two minutes, a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer. 
And also, this carries on to say that men can get breast cancer. I didn't even men know that was a thing. Men are, yeah. th there's a really high statistic of men um, getting breast cancer. He says one in 1,000. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know that was a... I mean, I knew it was a thing for men to get breast cancer. I just didn't know it was See, I didn't that high in numbers. Possible. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was possible. Oh, well, I think it, it has to do with the breast tissue okay. and not necessarily the, the lobe. Although, you know, when they do a mastectomy, they take the lobes, but they also take all of your breast tissue. And the breast tissue is like up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes... Men have above their pectoral muscle is is tissue? A, a tissue. Yeah. They just don't have mammaries that produce milk. Okay. Um, but yeah, they they definitely too are susceptible to breast cancer. I don't know. You know, there's not too much um, like discussion about mm -hmm. that. I don't, and I don't know statistics specifically about it other than what you yeah, what yeah. you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. But um, I do know, like, when I was at the hospital and that sort of thing, I would see it much more frequently. Or like um, posters. Like posters, yeah. Okay. That men, that's, too. That's, I think that needs to be a topic. It I really does. Too, yeah. Because it's just like, hey, I mean, great that we concentrate on women because they are the largest population that are getting, you know, the, the, that type of cancer. But men, hey, men can get it, too. <laughs> and it's just like... Yeah. You don't really, you don't unless really you're talk researching about, about it or having discussions like this, you really wouldn't know that. And as a man, hey, if you're a man out there, make sure you're checking on yourself too because yeah. you never know what could pop up. That's right. That's right. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to use that as a fun fact one day. Talk <laughs> to somebody like, hey, do you go to the doctor? Get yourself checked out. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's a serious I don't, you know, though. and quite honestly, I don't know, like in a, in a men's physical, like, do they do breast checks? You know? They don't go to the gyno for like a yearly or anything. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's happening. That would be interesting and uh, that would be a good episode. Absolutely. Like <laughs> we, we, should, find out we should find that out. Yeah. Maybe we'll have you come back and we can like double check on all <laughs> Stay of tuned, y'all. <laughs> but um, what else was I gonna say here? Uh, so you did touch on um, how your breasts were more dense. Is that something that is in the African-American community, like just genetic wise, are, are breasts I think it's, more dense? Is that the reason why we, you know, the mortality rate is it so? May, it may be a factor okay. that contributes to that. Mm -hmm. However, and I, I have heard that and read that numerous times okay. of um, that dense breasts are just, it's easy for a mammogram to come back clear, and it may have be something that was overlooked. Um, it, with my left breast, the it was like a head of a pin that, and they and, and they did do a bi biopsy in that two month period, but it was so small they couldn't literally. They were that's why they said it's so small that we just we want you to wait right. and and. We'll go back again and and um, and rebiopsy it in another six or eight months. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a lot. It really <laughs> it's just is. A, it's a lot. It really is though. Okay. And like... I understand why women would would want to shy away from like ha like 
you just don't want to deal with the loftiness of of falling into a vortex like that but it's it's really for the sake of life and for the sake of um yeah like everything contributing to the world their existence contributing to the world you know it's it's just do it you know did you have any family history i did not no no so it was just like no and i don't carry the gene you don't no they tested i bet they they can figure that out yeah yeah I mean, I, that's that's um, elective, like for for you to go. But I have a sister and I have my daughter, so for me, I said to myself, "Well, I will get it so that I'm clear as to whether or not we are a carrier I'm of say, this if you gene." You're fine, then they most likely would be okay. Too. Yeah. So, well, I'm not a carrier of the gene, which then goes back to like Angelina Jolie. She is a carrier of the gene. There is some sort of like mutation with this gene and and it just puts her it bumped her up into the odds being exponentially higher of her developing some sort of yeah that's crazy i mean it says one in eight women will develop breast cancer in their life and to decrease your risk it says breast cancer cannot be prevented probably because of that gene mutation or in your case you didn't even have the gene mutation mm-hmm. um but things such as diet exercise and a healthy lifestyle can help decrease your risk for developing breast cancer so i mean you look like a pretty fit person and you're on stage singing and dancing and stuff so and and one of the things that they also said about um contributing to it is uh breastfeeding and i also breastfed my daughter so, so they say, yeah, they, they say that the odds are, you know, if you're, if you breastfeed your child, that the odds decrease of developing a breast cancer, but I breastfed my daughter and, um, I, I, for me, my, if the message is anything like, yeah, you can answer those questions. You can see those online or whatever, those statistics, mm-hmm. But you might not fall into any of that yeah, because absolutely. I didn't, right. and and you know I had to go through that. Mm-hmm. So it's it still is something. Just you know, try to you know get the mammogram and yeah. and that sort of thing. But hopefully in the next year or two, I I'll be able to just speak to more women directly, um, and more and speak to more groups that and just so that we have an open discussion of like we're we have to discuss this this is these are this these disparities are are too high but do you have i know you said you have a website do you want to like let everybody oh, sure. know where your website oh, is sure. and do you want to check it out <laughs> it's mottygreen.me m a r i g r e e n.me it discusses my my performance background but also um, the performance speaking uh, I I say it because I sing through it but it's a, a performance program but it discusses my story okay. and um, and then I also you know Wait, is that on like right now can we come see you uh, no <laughs> it's for groups it's for oh, it's yeah group. it's yeah oh, okay. yeah okay. so it's but it's to discuss this it's just to to have it rattling around in folks heads it's you know also for men to hear and and then 
have a discussion with men directly of of saying yes, you know. But it, but it's it's just being in a position of being aware that we're our bodies things are going to happen to our bodies and it's just best to be on the side of early detection on all of it for sure and and maybe that won't always happen and you then go through whatever challenge that you have to go through but um everyone should have the opportunity of just having an early something detected early and then being able to follow up on it and just listening to your body too yeah even if it's not showing up as strongly as whatever as far as the labs are concerned or the doctors are concerned and their right. expert quote-unquote opinion um right. if you're feeling some type of way you right know, let them know if you yeah you know, and you yeah it's true yeah and i mean our, our brother he passed away last year he had a very rare kidney disease okay and one of his last wishes um he said just people go to the doctor get checkups three checkups i mean what you could you go in and like you did you detected it very early because you followed your intuition and you're like no i'm getting into the doctor i want them to do xyz and yeah so i mean that's i mean i think part of with joey your brother too he was like advocating for them to do certain things and they weren't doing it like they a- apparently amputated part of his hand. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't give him like antibiotic. Like our sister, who's a nurse, was like telling him like, "Yo, they need to give you antibiotics." Every they weren't doing anything like that for him. But they also so. live in North Carolina, so okay. healthcare system might be. I think it's a little jacked up down there. A little honestly. bit different, for sure. <laughs> but I I saw too that in the U.S. today alone there are 3.5 million breast cancer survivors. That's the largest group of cancer survivors that there are. Yeah, that's a lot. 3.5 million. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is that's crazy. Big. Yeah, that is, that is. All those people are strong, just like you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> sure. I, I just, I think again, whether it's scenarios are going to come into your life that are you have no control over, right. a car accident, your your brother, your diagnosis, even a death, the effects of your brother's death, yeah. breast cancer for me, but whatever that scenario is, like it is the it's the after it's that it's it's what you do with that information afterwards and um it this has just rattled around in me for for so long since since my journey began Mm -hmm. that you know discussing it I discuss it openly I discuss it you know and tell and tell folks because number one you usually find out that they have a family member or something has been, they've been affected somehow by breast cancer, but you find out that they're going through something or just went through something and it may not be breast cancer related. It might be something else, but it's a hurdle and it's, uh, um, it's part of our human existence of how do we handle those hurdles and does everybody have the opportunity to be given the tools to get over the hurdle Absolutely. and not everybody in our country is is given that that like and so you people begin to internalize and uh and and have you know have a great amount of stress put on them mentally 
um, to just have it figured out or deal with it or whatever. And it's, it, that can't be the way it can't be. It can't be that we just say, you know, it is what it is. is. No, we're, we have to care for each other. We have to, and, and in caring for each other, it's, it's making sure that everybody has the same access to whatever type of care they need. And when they speak up, they're actually being heard. that they're being heard. Right. I agree. I agree. Too. I agree. <laughs> I mean, the system's crazy. It okay. is, but it really is, like you said, just finding those doctors that actually sure. want to listen to you and have that empathy and that empathetic. And not just going to be, oh, whatever. This is your diagnosis. Yeah, Go ahead. Like yeah. that's actually for, for humans first and foremost. Love yeah. anything. Um, but I bet you know talking about your story with other people did it help your healing process you know afterwards yeah it um it was strange because I just felt I just felt like I answered questions that I didn't know were I didn't honestly know that I had the answers to okay um for me I I I personally chose no reconstruction that was one of the questions I had to answer before the mastectomy because before the, the day of the mastectomy, they would have started the reconstruction. Okay. So, um, for me, I am a stomach sleeper. Yeah. It's just a creature comfort. Uh, me too. And me too. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> leg up yeah, under the pillow. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said to myself, I don't know if I will be comfortable if there's an, if there's an implant, I would think I just want to heal yeah. and be able to sleep on my stomach. Right. And it took me about a year and a half of not being able to sleep on my on my stomach because of the tightness and that sort of thing. But I got there and then, you know, I sleep well. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have like yeah. this random porn object up there. <laughs> but but other pe- and other people have a completely different um, story. Yeah. So with that, so I mean, whatever decision you make, that's yeah. yours, and yeah, you gotta just stand in that. Yeah, and it's completely—it's so personal. Like I said at the very beginning, it's every breast cancer journey is different, and every breast cancer journey is is very—it's just very personal because it requires. And and again, I don't think it's just breast cancer. I think it's anything is like you like really paying attention and I and I really do feel like that time in my life something was saying slow down there's some things that you are glazing over and now now I had to like stop and like assess and I think that that happens no matter what you know how how it it had those scenarios happen for a reason of like address this yeah, <laughs> it's like, like uh, a, it's triggered an awakening yeah, sure. a voice address this <laughs> no that's great though because i bet if you didn't go through this you wouldn't be you know advocating and talking to yeah. people like you are right now yeah i i i feel like that i feel like i you know i have sung and and had a have had a great performing life but i that was for myself that was always for or for a theater or something like that and there's a completely more purpose-filled feeling within me that is now my voice 
And I, I feel like it's taken some time for me to wrap my mind around that. Like when you said telling is telling your story, because it's almost like for a while, the words just didn't kind of come out. Right. It, it, it was like, well, do people even want to hear this or whatever? But then I just started talking to people. And then you, you, you know, again, you start exchanging stories and that sort of thing. But yeah, I feel like my voice is for something else now. I love that. That's awesome. That's, awesome. That's a great quote right there. My yeah. voice for something else now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but any last thoughts on, you know, just awareness or anything last that you want to let people know about? Um, I think, I think our theme has been like, heed those messages mm -hmm. from your body. Yeah. Um, and then follow up on them. And if somebody's not hearing you, find the next person. Find the next person. Um, no matter what. No matter. No matter what. Um, you know, I, I think that I think there is something to be said that there are resources out there. They might not be getting to the right places and the right people, but there are people in our country that are trying to help and um again find that voice inside yourself or for a family member to seek them out if it is a financial issue if it's a transportation issue it's if there are there's just people out there um and then you can go to my website and email me personally and i will help Absolutely, reach out to Monty <laughs> if you need any assistance. <laughs> no, I just want to say thank you for being on today. It was I a thank great you, ladies. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Of course, thank you for just being so vulnerable and open with right. your story. Because, like you said, a lot of people, you know, that might help with their own story and what's going on with them. I hope being so. More open. Thank you. Awesome. Thank well, you. Any last thoughts for you, Sierra? Like we all said, just advocate for yourself. Like make sure yourself is healthy. Just take care of yourself. Like, yeah. I mean, listen bottom to your body. line, literally, listen to your body. Like, if it's telling you to take a break, take a break. Take a break. Exactly. <laughs> take Oof. a break. Sit yes. down. Pump the brakes. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Any thoughts for you, Alicia? No, I agree with, with all of that. I mean, it really is just advocating for yourself and, you know, making sure that you do know there are resources out there. Like Maddie said, they may not be slapping you in the face every day, but you got to go and dig and do your yeah. own research and find the own, your own um resources that could possibly be available for you so i mean <laughs> another episode down of the season two of the podcast <laughs> yes. to um, all y'all listening go head over to our instagram at nameless underscore podcast underscore and on facebook at official nameless podcast we are about i want to say 16 people away from our 300th follower um if you are a 300th follower you get a free hoodie and to our listeners in Belgium, Yemen, and India, reach out to us so we can send you guys some merch over there, too. Absolutely. Shout out to the person in Belgium, though, because they came back for uh, season, season two. Yes. So, mm -hmm. We got all of our episodes. So whoever you are in Belgium, you'll get double the merch. <laughs> just, just let me know who you are, please. <laughs> nah, but uh, this is Alicia. And this is Sierra. And you are listening to the Name is Podcast, and we will talk, talk to you soon. soon. Bye, Peace guys. Out. Hey, what's up? Be the change hotline. We're closed right now. Leave a message and I'll get back to you soon. Nameless? Hey yo, is this Nameless Podcast? I heard y'all was being the change. 
Guess I missed y'all. I'll see y'all later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.